My third piece of advice to people is be a white man. Yes, that is the best. That is the best financial policy out there is to be a white male. A white male. Or look like one. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. And that's all. That's really, and yeah. you are 20 paces ahead of everybody. Already ahead. Welcome to Hey You Know It. My name is Jaquetta Sotmar, and I'm here with my co-host, Katie Kazmier. Hey You Know It is a podcast that tells you how it is or how it should be. You can listen to Hey You Know It on iTunes, a new episode every Monday. And here they are, Jaquetta and Katie. We're talking about money. This is all about money. Yes, money, uh, that dollar. I like checks. That filthy lucre, that sweet, sweet coin. You like a check? Uh, Yeah. Well, just like our our friend Cardi B. Oh, yes. I like checks. I like checks. Um, So I found something interesting the other day. So remember when you used to write checks? Yes. When we were young, you could get away with bouncing a check. Oh, yeah. Because no one could tell. And then they had the machines where they would run the check through. Yeah. And it would check to see if you had the money or not. Now... You can give me a check. I can take a picture of it and instantly, poof. I know. It's like right there in your account. Yeah. yeah. So I'm wondering why we still have checks. Because um, not everybody has like PayPal set up. It's... But who's taking checks? I feel like very few people will take a check nowadays. Landlords? They still take checks. Oh, yeah. Landlords will take a check. Okay. Um, but most businesses, I think, won't. Remember CODs? Yeah. Cash, cash on, on delivery. delivery, yeah, and then nobody does that. And they were responsible for getting cash from you when they delivered yeah, something. Yeah, that's not a yeah, it's not a thing anymore. All right, so that's not even a what thing do you anymore. have? Kick it off. Okay, here's a couple of weird facts. First of all, about money. Okay, that you did not know. I I have a weird relationship with money. I think it's all made up, but whatever. What money? money. Yeah, I don't it think is all it, made it's, up. it's nothing. Yeah. Do you know that a penny costs two point four cents to manufacture? I am not surprised, America. I did not know that, but that makes sense. We would put more money into making money than the money costs. Right. At this point, it's like um, it, people think the penny should die because it's just They've it's been too saying that our whole make, life. Yeah. But we can't get rid of the penny. Come on. Um, we can stop making them. Do you know what? People throw them away. I can't believe that. Yeah. I've seen people like sweep up pennies into the bright. When we when we were kids, if you saw, you know, find a penny, pick it up, mm-hmm. all the day you'll mm-hmm. have good luck. Yeah. People now like screw a penny. As like no one wants to pick it up. What are you gonna do with it? Oh no, you I don't have up. to accept more than twenty five of them, I think, in a retail setting. Oh really? Yeah. Oh that's funny. And they charge you now if you want to convert pennies into it's like seven cents for a dollar. So if you have a hundred pennies and you put it in a roll? And you put it into... No, you put it in like a coin star or something yeah. like that. Uh, a lot of banks won't take it unless you have an account. If you bring yeah. change in. Yeah. Which I find I weird. Like, you know what you could do? You collect these pennies. And then at night, if you're on a diet, right? Instead of you eating, eat you roll pennies. And it's something to do with your hands. Okay. <laughs> That's just... Like penny soup. Mind. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> like penny-flavored soup. Okay. okay. About uh, lottery tickets. 5% of the people who buy lottery tickets account for 51 percent of total sales wow so yeah those people who just hang out in the bodega right buying lottery tickets gambling generates more revenue each year than movies spectator sports theme parks cruise ships and recorded music combined are you serious i Mm -hmm. had no idea people are gambling that much yeah i mean 34.6 billion dollar industry personally i think going to see a film sometime is a gamble 
That's twenty. It's really that's twenty dollars I could have put on the table. I know. At least gotten a free drink. Yeah, right. You know. If all the gamblers decide to learn to play the stock market instead of donating their cash to casino owners, they may be onto something. The stock market is a casino. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, really? So they rather they rather lose money in the stock market than lose it at the tables. What difference does it make? Yeah. At least at the tables, you're hopefully tipping your server. Yeah. You're tipping the it's a excitement. Yeah, there's something going on. You're around other people. Ninety four percent of bills, bills okay. money is they're contaminated with bacteria. And what kind of bacteria? Seven um, percent of that bacteria is hazardous to your health. So hot. I'm sorry. What percent? It's just it? riddled with bacteria. Ninety-four percent of all paper money and is then, riddled with bacteria. And seven percent of that, that bacteria is hazardous okay, to your health. Great. I remember in the eighties and nineties they used to tell us that, like, you know, seventy-five percent of all your money has cocaine on it. We were like, huh? Oh yeah, right. Because everyone was supposedly <laughs> snorting. So coke supposedly with, with ones. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? If you think your money is too filthy, just give it to me. I'll, yeah. I'll take care of it yeah. for you. Um, there is more Monopoly money printed every year than actual cash. Wow. And it's probably worth about as much in some places. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the, the board game prints up to $50 billion of its currency every year. I can't believe people are still playing that boring-ass game. So boring so and long boring. and just like... It just keeps going. And usually at the end, I'm like, you can just have my property, please. Yeah. I'm going to turn over this faulty debt instrument to you so I can get out of this game. I know. <laughs> Only 8% of the world's currency is in physical money. So that means they're making a- up the other 92%. Yeah. Digital dollars. We yeah. live in a digital world. So there is, all- this is what I mean. There is nothing. So if you go into someone's account, um, I guess this leads into the next thing. If you go into, say you have $11,000 in your account. And they accidentally uh, put in a zero. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Yeah. No one cares. Yeah. No, And you start spending that money, it's not going to matter. No one's ever going to know because the original $11,000 wasn't real in the first place. If you know, if you don't have to print it up, mm-hmm. then what is the... Exactly. You know? Yeah. What is the point? Was, it's, it should be all credits. That's all Reason. it is anyway. And then the, the money, when you know, when they tell us when you're a kid, like, it's a promissory note. This dollar promises that at some point you will get, you know, you could take it to someone and get a dollar of gold. Yeah. Which would never happen. And actually, we're not allowed to have gold in the United States. You're not allowed, allowed to hold a lot of gold because that actually has value. Yeah. As opposed to the pieces of paper, which have basically no value yeah. whatsoever. Well, the reason why we created paper money, it used to be all gold coins. Mm-hmm. And that was what money was. But in China... Nearly 700 years before Sweden issued the first European banknotes, China released um, the first circulating currency using paper notes because um, people were traveling. Well, copper coins had been used for, in China as mm-hmm. their currency. It probably actually worth something, unlike our penny. <laughs> yeah. But in order to carry large amounts of cash, people hefted around these big... We like have people money. with them. Yeah, that guy's yeah. got my money. He's coming down the road a piece. Yeah, so that's when people get robbed. and Of course. Would, but so they decided the safest thing to do over long different distances was to get this paper money. Mm-hmm. Um, paper certificates for the coin's value. But that paper was actually backed by right. something of value. Yeah. Or something of perceived value. Right, right. So they, the merchants, they would deposit their coins with each other, and then they would get this this mm-hmm. note. So, Which you cannot do now. Now you just get more notes. Yeah, but they called it um, flying money 
because okay. the paper was lighter and, okay. and had a tendency to blow away in a stiff wind. So they weren't used to it. They're like, wow, they're my money. I'm sorry. Were they just not accustomed to yeah, having yeah, it? Yeah, and they're yeah. like, I'll just put that. Like, God damn. <laughs> exactly. It's gone. That's what would happen because they're used to putting their coins down. So they just put their, you know. Did it fly into someone's pocket? Pretty much, I would imagine. Wow. Uh, so the Incas didn't have any money at all. They were broke as shit. No. Um, <laughs> well, their wealth, they didn't really pay anybody at all. Like, every Incan worked about two-thirds of a year okay. for the government. And then they got and they stuff, got and they got food. They got a place to live, um, food, clothing, tools, all that stuff. And no money ever changed hands. They just labored, and then they were given and then they, get, they got something. Yeah. That, that worked for a while, yeah. apparently. Yeah. So you don't need money. Yeah. Because the, the the thing of value were the clothes and the work. Right. Right. So I was just thinking about this. Um, there's a thing out there called modern monetary theory. Mm-hmm. And it's an idea that I, I didn't know about this until it got brought up in like the last election cycle where we had uh, AOC was talking about it. Bernie Sanders was talking about it. A lot of people on the left have been talking about it. But then people on the right have been talking about it too. So modern monetary theory is the idea that Governments can pay their own bills simply by printing money because each government at this point in our history, the governments are in control of money. It Mm -hmm. wasn't always like that. There was private money in the past that was crowded out by Mm -hmm. government money. So the idea that um, if you have deficits or your people need money because you control the printing presses. Why not just print more money? Yeah, exactly. Because that's what they, let's be clear, but that's what they do anyway. Yeah. So I was like, let me delve into this. Um, So modern monetary theory posits that a government can pay bills by printing money. There's nothing modern about that. It went back to the third century Roman government. They started paying their own bills by making coins. Uh, But then they, you know, they started printing too many coins. People got wise and the coin, the value of the coin went down. Right. So... The I the guy says that government can pay your pay its bills with a printing press, but it only works if they're pretending that it can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> and you know because once You're you right. start once you start being realistic about it's like the Wizard of Oz, right? Once you start being realistic about what's going on, people no longer believe in it. Yeah, you know, and then it doesn't work. So we have to believe that. The government isn't just printing money to serve its own purposes, and those purposes being paying its own bills, mm-hmm. paying for war, um, and then giving money to their friends, mm-hmm. which is what basically what's going basically on. Basically, yeah. what ha- what happens. Um, so, and this is something I didn't realize, and I'll just read it here. Um, so, I didn't know that the Federal Reserve was not a government entity. The Federal Reserve is a private entity. What? This is... Let me see if I can... Hold the phone. Yeah, I know. I'm going to try to... Okay. So, it says, the Bank of England in 1694, central banks were private for-profit institutions, right? By the end of the 19th century, the model spread to most of the world. Printing printing money was profitable. Mm Mm-hmm. As it says here, as you can imagine. Yeah. So we be if we could print our own hikey bucks. Yeah. Right. And convince everybody that that was the type of currency that we're going to be using, and that there's actually some gold stashed somewhere that you're never going to see. People could start using, it and they'd be none the wiser. Yeah. You know, bar- hikey bucks. Exactly, hikey bucks. Um, but then eventually, people started to complain. They're like, this isn't right. You guys are just printing your own money. Yeah. Like it's not fair. So in the 20th century, the cent- central banks. Um, 
became bigger, but they took on a public aspect in which the interest income on their holdings were remitted to government. Mm-hmm. So the link between the central banks and then government, because they're just like one hand washing the other mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and then the Bank of England was nationalized in 1946, but the Federal Reserve remains a privately owned entity, but it officially remits its income to the Treasury, and it never gets audited. So it's the idea that over time, these banks, that, things that were private, have, have taken on a quasi-public mm-hmm. um, role, but only to the government, not to us. Yeah. I was shocked by this. I thought that these, same thing with the, the uh, Chamber of Commerce, which again, a lot of people think I is, thought that was the government. No. Uh, it's just a bunch of rich old people who run businesses. The business You're of kidding. America is business. Oh my God. So when you hear about like, so the Federal Reserve and the Treasury and all of this kind of stuff, it's just going back and forth, like printing money, one printing money, giving it to the other giving it back. When they borrow money from each other, they don't actually have to pay each other. Do you see, you know what I mean? It's like... Like, it's just a... And I hate to use the word a financial circle jerk, but (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, it's that kind of thing. So they're just printing money, but they pretend like they're not printing. So it would retain its value. Yeah, so so that it will retain Printing, printing, they're getting what they want. Yeah. So it's getting gold. The the Federal Reserve is tasked to provide the money that the economy needs to function. Actually, it is the money that the economic participants demand. The money has to come from somewhere. If supply matches demand, the value of the currency is stable. Demand tends to grow with a growing economy, so supply will grow as well. In other words, money is printed with the the government um, being the eventual Mm -hmm. beneficiary of it. Wow. So it's the idea that like you when you print up money, whoever gets it first gets to the most value out of yeah, it. Yeah. Then once it filters down to the rest of us, it's like by the time it's filtered down to the rest of us, rates have gone up and you know okay. it's over. Yeah. So I was pretty shocked by this, but I like the idea of um that you can just print your way out of a financial crisis because that's what they've been doing. But only in so much as they can help their friends. So they're not going to print enough money for us to get some. Yeah. But they're going to print it for their they're buddies like, to get <laughs> it. The, ba- the banks need money. They're but, like, you okay. Know, here's some money. If investment companies need money, a bailout. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So that's so they're just printing money. They give it to their friends. We don't get it. And so they can all they avoid can, trouble and hassle yes, and everything. And that's and why then. there's all like I'm I'm theorizing. Uh, that's why there's always so much money at the top, no matter what's going on. Because it's, they it's it impossible. First. It seems like it would be impossible for them to not have money because they can print it themselves. If they can't print it themselves, they can ask their friends to print it. God. And to give it to them. Um, so modern monetary, um, modern monetary theory is basically people saying, hey, what's the big deal? Let's just print more money and give it to everybody mm-hmm. instead of printing more money and giving it to just a few people. Why not give it to people who are suffering, who need yeah. money? As long as you don't say that you're doing that, it's fine. So, if it, like, for example, if the government just gave us all a tax cut and didn't say anything about it mm-hmm. and we all had extra money, it would be fine. But if they say that they're going to do that, then obviously prices are going to, you know, to rise to the occasion to suck up all that extra money. So money 
That's what I, as a hoax, from what I was saying, you can print your own money. (laughs) I like the, and then you're telling me that only 8% of it is actually printed anyway. So maybe they are, instead of bothering to print money, they're just adding zeros? Yeah. To people's accounts. And who would know? And who would care? Really? Really, who would care? Right? Exactly. If all of a sudden everyone in New York City had an extra $10,000, so what? Right. You right. Know, it's like, you know? how do you trace that back and who does it hurt? Yeah. So when there's, when you hear this stuff about, you know, we have all these problems with poverty. What are we going to do about poor people? I'm like, I don't know. Print up some money because they're poor because they don't have any money. Yeah. If you just gave them some money, then they wouldn't, they be, wouldn't poor. be poor anymore. It wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. So why not do that? Because if people get wind of that, yeah. apparently. And also, too, um, it kind of... I mean, it ruins it for rich people, right? Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. then, what do they have? Yeah. <laughs> they, they've been saying they worked really hard. Yeah. And, and that, that they, they saved they and this and that and the other. So savvy. Yeah. And that they, yeah. And that's the prize is the money. But if you, you know, if you eliminate that, if you just say, well, I'm going to give, you know, every schmuck on the street 10 grand. Now what? Yeah, so it's just a, a small group of people who print the money. And keep it amongst keep themselves. It just like always, right? Yeah, yeah. Just like always. All right. So I'm not an economist, but that's what I understood. Okay. From modern monetary policy. And that's what people are suggesting we do. I think that's a great idea. I wonder if you, how Yang feels about it. Yang for Prez. Oh, yeah. Andrew Yang. Yes, we should check it and see. Democratic uh, nominees that yeah. nobody talks about. We're yeah. talking about everybody else but Andrew. And he's the one who has the um, universal basic income. Yeah, universal basic income. I think that the way universal basic income could work is if we just print money and give it to people. Yeah. And Because so, they're like, how are we going to do this? Where is the money going to come from? Um, dude, that copier... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Get that crook Steve Munchen or whatever his name is and just start signing stuff. Right. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. I hope I hope this article... Well, is, he knows then. Like, you know, Andrew... Uh, Andrew, yeah. He knows. They all know. Everybody, I think anyone who starts to study... So, look, they're saying mon- modern monetary theory. They don't... A lot of people don't like it. They're like, that's not the way it works. But it's the way the economy works the way however you want it to yeah, work. Because people want to have some kind of sense of, like, you, people are... It's all made can, up. You can't just give people stuff. They have to work for it. Yeah. I work. So yeah. therefore... So you can't give people stuff. They have to work for it. But a couple hundred years ago, nobody had a problem with these people will work for free and we don't have to give them anything. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's whatever you yeah. want. Yeah. Right? right you right. you want to pay people, pay them. You don't want to pay people, make them slaves. You know, you want to have people not do anything and give them money anyway. Mm-hmm. Why not? Why not? Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> you know? You want to have more, you still want to be rich? Fine. But can everyone else just be middle class then? Yeah. It's like, fine. You want to be ultra rich, but it's, it's, man, it is turning into, like, do you know that? Amazon now offers a Prime membership uh, for people on government assistance for half price. Why not just give it to them for free? Yeah. But the, I tell you, this it's like kind of like a godsend for like the single mom with oh, I'm sure. kids who can get things delivered. Yeah. And now they have food, so you can get Prime Pantry. Yeah. You get your cans and all your stuff I think delivered. I'm it's down like, for that, but the other side of that is who do you think is making those deliveries? It's probably that single mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just give it to people for free. Yeah. 
And, uh, or uh, the, another way to look at it would be, why don't we relax the amount of hours that that woman needs to work in order to take care of her family mm-hmm. so she can have more time? Because, like, it's great to have stuff delivered, but maybe giving her more time and more support that she could go to a supermarket locally with her children or have time to prepare food or whatever is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Or we can just make sure that she can get the deliveries. Well, you're going to find that there are a lot more businesses that are going to be um, directing their their marketing towards people with not with not a lot of not money. Lot That's of money. what's left. That's it. Hey, do you have a dollar? I'll take it. Yeah. You know, like, oh, you only have a quarter? I'll take that too. Yeah. That's, all, that's the only... I think you're right. As people... As the inequality increases and there are a lot more poor people, those poor people still have some money and they still need to be marketed to. Yeah. And, they, and it's all becoming a thing now. Yeah. This is, this is how it's changing. So that's where so they're well. going with it. Yeah. It's interesting. Are they coming from 99 cent stores? I hope they don't take away my 99 cent stores. <laughs> all right, what do you have? So you play bass keys, drums, guitar, sing lead or rap, horns too. Looking for a place to go, Saturday night, 8 p.m. to 12. Funkadelic Studios, y'all. Fully equipped rehearsal studio. It's got everything you need to jam. What you waiting on? 209 West 40th Street. Come one, come all, and you can bring your bandmate, lover, or friend. Yeah, come prepare to jam. Well, all this about money, why don't they teach us? About money in school. Do you notice they can have all kinds of useless classes? Yes. Some interesting, some not. Some useful. But the one thing everybody needs to to understand is how money works. It's money. So, and there has not been classes, unless you go to college and take a financial course. In and those are difficult yeah. to get into. Like, I've been teaching for 20 years, and I have yet to see, outside of a business class, anyone kind of offer this yeah. personal fine even just basic stuff the st- why shouldn't we learn about the stock market yeah if the business of america supposedly is business yeah we should you know. know it's just a i mean i like have the elephant in the room that i think i know not- why but let, i mean i would like to hear what the article says financial education the idea was in the past they kind of kept everybody they steered everybody away from financial education because it was like um you you got a job. You stayed at the job for forty years. Mm-hmm. In exchange, they pay you with a pension and benefits and rewards, right? So you get all of that. So you, you just kind of it's know that you have school. this. It's yeah. old school, um, you know. But in the past fifty years, the pension system has kind of gone away. Taxes mm-hmm. and legal have evolved and changed drastically. And now you're responsible for your own retirement. You don't get a pension, yep. and you have to understand how to work your 401k and make investments in the stock market. And suddenly. it's complicated. Yeah. So... The stock market, by the way, is just a gigantic casino. Yeah. So I don't even know if that's the best thing for people. So then they, they're saying, the government is like, yeah, you get your own financial freedom. You can choose whatever you want, but nobody is educated enough to make not, a yeah. good decision. Because um, there's money to be made off the fact that you don't know what you're doing. So why have... Now people are job hopping. The econ- You know, there's... The economy had a few crashes, and there are robots <laughs> coming coming in to play. I feel like you so, could anything we say at the end of we could add, and there are robots. <laughs> but it's like if you want a secure retirement, it's like what it's like. What do you do? And it, you need a financial education. Um, and why haven't schools caught up with this and started teaching people about money at a younger age? Yeah. Okay. All right. So number one, teachers don't know. <laughs> no, they don't because they are one of the few professions where 
you don't have to make any of those decisions. When I was a public school teacher, everything was taken care of. Mm-hmm. Healthcare, retirement, you don't have to do anything. You mm-hmm. have gigant, you have managers who are doing all that for you. And if you want to stay in that job forever, you can. Yeah. You don't have to think about it. Well, they don't know. They have no idea about personal finance. No. And they don't feel capable teaching it themselves. No, they haven't been trained. They, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So they don't know, and they're just like, eh. That, I remember that. No one wanted to teach, and no one wanted to teach health. They were always like, does anyone want to do the sex ed class? We're like, hell no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we haven't been trained on that either. Yeah. And teachers are under a lot of pressure to get students passing exams and getting good grades. And so they prioritize. There's no time for that. Yeah. yeah, they prioritize other subjects such as math or chemistry, leaving personal finance forgotten next to sex ed, just mm-hmm. like you said. Yeah. And you know how important chemistry is for everybody at a low level. Are yeah. you kidding me? Um, then they say, well, personal finance is just that. It's personal. And a lot of, if a teacher's financial situation is a mess, they they are unlikely to know how to teach finance. Um, And the people who can teach it are doing it. Yeah, and right. so they're not going to sit there and They're working teach it. in yeah. the financial industries. They're not going to go teach at, like, you know, Hoover. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Hoover High. Um, so financial education starts with the individual, and... Uh, you know, peace begins with me. <laughs> yeah. You know. This means you have to fix your own mistakes, and you have to encourage self education and, and mm-hmm. self improvement. So this is like you have to. Teach you have it to yourself. encourage yourself. To yeah. Do it? Okay. I don't think anybody would suggest that you teach yourself sex ed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Or, or chemistry. Or, or medical. Yeah, or any of these things yeah, that are really important. Why financial? Oh, how about this one? This is another. Uh, Parents. Parents don't know. We learn a lot from our parents. Um, If parents take the time to teach their children the important aspects of money and good financial habits, the child will grow with the essentials of financial education. Yeah, but they're all... They don't know how to do it either. Yeah, they're hiding. Like, when I was growing up for some bizarre reason, it was like, don't talk about money. I'm like, we need to be talking about money right now. Yeah. Because I'm about to go off to college. I don't know what's going on. I just signed a bunch of debt instruments. Yeah. Um, And you guys are being cute about your finances. Yeah, and, and it's something like some parents are like, I don't want other, I don't want my kid learning about finance in the streets. They're going to learn it at home. You know, they feel like. In the streets? <laughs> you know, like behind an alley. Yeah, like, basically. IRAs. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? No, they, they feel, some people feel like, no, they'll teach their own kids about finance and they don't even know. And they're up to their eyeballs in debt. Yeah, and if the parents have bad financial habits, like constantly in debt, making bad decisions, complaining mm-hmm. about the lack of money, it influences the child to be ignorant as well. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> the government needs to step in and make sure that the that the schools are, are teaching this and they're not doing it. Um, no one who seems to know where to start. This is another Wait reason. a minute, though. The government, I mean, look at their finances. Who yeah. can do this? Yeah, I know. Really? Yeah. Like, I'm going to listen to what the... The Federal Reserve, the Treasury Department, like who, who has a balanced, like there's got to be some state or city that has a balanced budget. They should be in charge of it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, how many times we shout? We don't. We we don't know what our taxes or mortgages. What is venture capitalism? Um, who who teaches this? Um, the British government did. Really, in fact, add personal finance into the education curriculum. As of 2014. Okay, that's something. And so now the schools teach it in their math and citizenship classes. Okay. But I think that's say, that's where it should be in with civics. 
That's what they said, but but guess what? Nothing has changed. I'm like, come on, it's only a couple of years. Yeah, just give it time. It. Give You're it not going to be able to see. You know, it's setting the intention. Uh, at least it's getting it, you know, it's putting it on the radar, I guess. Yeah, experts think people aren't interested. Ha, ha, ha. In finance? Yeah. Are you kidding? I think yeah. everybody would like to just know how to handle their finances. Maybe people aren't interested in learning it. The same way they may not be interested in learning a language, but they might want to speak that mm-hmm, language, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, um, it, so I don't know why these experts think so. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's because people just don't have any real-world experience with money at a younger age. But also, there's, I think there's a lot of fear and mystery around it. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's like sex, right? So on one hand, everybody's doing it. It's all out there. It's on TV. Mm-hmm. Everyone's talking about it. At the same time, it's like we really can't talk about it. Yeah. I think money falls under the same kind of category. of like the, we, There's some shame associated with it, even though it's clearly one of the most important things in our society. Mm-hmm. There's like some kind of moral... I don't know. There's some stigma around it. Yeah. Well, in college, we get our first t- uh, proper taste of money. There's yeah, more when you freedom. run up that credit card bill. Right. More freedom, less supervision from parents. And, and everyone ruins their credit. And they're in their 20s. And this mm-hmm. is the time where you should be actually investing that money and saving it because that, in your 20s, that's when your money really counts. The problem is, though, it's, like, it's the same thing as with drinking. So you've been denied it your whole life. Mm-hmm. And then when you finally get your hands on it, you go crazy with it. Yeah. I remember getting a credit card my freshman year of college. I ran it up. I mean, I couldn't even, I, and I needed it because yeah. I didn't have any money. But I didn't understand why they were giving me a credit card when I had no income. I know. I know. Yes, I had it and too. That, and I was so like, wow, I think a lot of colleges don't allow that anymore. Like, they allow companies to come and say, open up a checking account. Although, if your child is going off to college and they don't have a checking account, you should go to the mirror, take a good hard look at yourself, and slap yourself in the face. Exactly. Because, are you kidding me? You, they ha- you know, you have to have that I had my first checking account when I was like 13 yeah you know and that's how I learned how to to manage my finances and then later on and I've told this story before when I wanted to actually get a mortgage because I had been taught nothing about finance um I had I went to Sue Zorman cassette tapes yes and I learned the basic like her I don't know what she's doing now but her earliest stuff is just very very basic Easy to follow, and that helped me to get on track. She's great, Susan you know? Norman. She's uh, really, um, she gives sound advice. Yeah, it was, and it was just, it was really basic stuff. Like understanding um, the APR. Mm-hmm. Things that, I feel like when you get a credit card, <laughs> there should be like a test of like, do you understand what these terms are? Yeah. Before you sign this this document. Yeah, basically. absolutely. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Uh did you ever get any good advice from any family members about money? Hell no. Are you kidding me? Not even. I still haven't gotten any good advice from a family member about money. Um, most of the people in my family, though, work for the government. So much like the teacher, they were not in the private sector. Mm-hmm. They had a guarantee. Like, I've never known anyone in my family except for myself to be unemployed. Yeah. Ever. Wow. So they didn't talk about money. They, they were going to have a retirement. Um, and I think they assumed, and it turned out to be not right, they assumed that we would have the similar kind of opportunities, mm-hmm. that we would get a job like they did, and we would have that job. Yeah. Um, but no, I got no money advice at all. I got no money advice, lots of bad examples, but I, my grandmother actually did 
repeatedly tell my siblings and I, whenever you make money, always save something. Pay yourself first. Even if it's a dollar. You yeah. put a dollar aside. And it, we'd hear it over and over again. It was like so hard because it's like, this is all I have and it's yeah. not much. How do you save a dollar? She's like, it really is one of the best things to do. Um, what she did when she was making money, and this was back in the 30s, she would always save something and she never told her husband. Yeah, and I say this, and a lot of my girlfriends say this too, a lady always has a stash. Mm-hmm. Always. Ladies always have a stash. A separate bank account, mm-hmm. a lockbox somewhere, put your money in it. Yeah, you get your checking account, you have a an emergency account. Yeah. Because you don't know, I'm not saying that your partner is going to do something to you, but what if something happens? Yeah. And you are locked out of your partner's finances for some reason. Yeah. Get an index fund. Yeah, get something going. Get your 401k going. Put some some money aside for your... For yourself, always. Yeah, and just be and, and keep do it that to first. Yourself. And you know what? Make it automatic. Yeah. Have it come out right the day after you get your paycheck. It's deposited in your account. Have that set up automatically the next day that it's... It gets sliced out. Yeah. I always found it uh, amazing. As I got older and I learned about things like that, that you could have your funds automatically diverted. I'm like, why are people doing this? Yeah. Um, why is everybody, but also we grew up in the time, remember, no one had credit cards and yeah. then everybody had credit cards and mm-hmm. now everybody has credit card debt. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I wasn't given any good advice. My advice, uh, to myself was keep it light, live, live below my means. Yeah. Don't have children. Yeah. <laughs> because I observed that people who had, when I was younger, I observed the people who had children were broke. Mm-hmm. And I associated having children with being broke because that's what I saw. Mm. You know, if you're going to have uh, children, one. And if you're going to have a child, it better be with a partner who is Somebody. committed and has some money. Yeah, has some money. Otherwise, you're going to be ass out. Yeah. You know, so, and the other thing was, um, don't, for me, don't live in a place where I have to have a car. Because I always associated car having a car with just money going out the door. Oh, constantly. yeah. Constantly something's breaking on it. Yeah. And I'm not saying it. everybody can live like this. Obviously, yes, yeah, some people should have children. Yeah. And obviously some people should have cars. But for me, no. Yeah. It was just not. I don't have the kind of family cushion. I don't have the kind of background where I can just run out there and, you know, have a vehicle. Yeah. And, and shoulder those responsibilities. Especially when you're single. Yeah. And you're young. It's like, no. So that was my, that, those were my pieces of advice. My third piece of advice to people is be a white man. Yes, that is the best. That is the best financial policy out there is to be a white male. A white male. Or look like one. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. And that's all, that's really, and yeah. you are 20 paces ahead of everybody. Already ahead. And you've got yeses. Yep. Um, yes, yes, yes. Whether sure. you know about money or not. And I think men or it seems like men are more likely to get financial advice. Mm-hmm. I don't know if fathers talk to their sons about money. Yeah, they I do. I suspect they do. I tell you is something really interesting. I talked to, um, I talked to men that I went to high school with or grammar school with, mm-hmm. and all of them are successful. All of them. And they have their own businesses? Have their own businesses yeah. and have made money. They're all successful. But did their families have businesses? No, okay. not necessarily. So they no, they, their they did their own thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of them had some money, you know, and <laughs> one, anyway. Um, but a lot of the women, unless they became a doctor or a lawyer, mm-hmm. are housewives. 
And they have no money. They have no money. Well, they have their husband's money. Right. Yeah. That was their plan. Yes. But that's in the different one of the difference. I was like, how? And I talked to the the men. And I said, now, how do you all learn this stuff? Because I'm not learning this stuff. I didn't learn this growing up. Yeah. He was like, well, they all talk to each other. All the guys talked to each other and gave each other tips and tricks saying, hey, I did this, I did that. Yeah, here's how you can do it. Here's how you can handle this kind of situation. They're all talking to each other in all different mm-hmm. businesses across there's, the board. There's and women nothing are not for us to that. talk about, though. Yeah. What yeah. am I going to talk to you about? My office job? Yeah. You know? Like teaching or... Yeah, or like, how about like investments yeah. and different things and how to make, you know, more money. Although like every once like, in a while you read about... The, I read about these old... It was a, a club investment club of older black women. Mm-hmm. They were like a knitting circle, basically. And they were making tons of money because they started doing it. They started... Yeah. So they were like, okay, we're housewives, but we got a little bit of money coming in. Mm-hmm. Like, what can we do? And they started... They made like an investment circle. Amongst themselves. Well, their mother, yeah. no one, their fathers, their mothers, no one from the outside was helping them. Like, they did, yeah. they self-educated. Um, so, yeah, these networks are, women are really not a part of these networks. And I think most of us probably feel like they don't have much, we don't have much to offer in terms of finance. But once I got my finances together, I did try to talk to some of my female mm-hmm. friends about this, especially when it came to buying an apartment. Mm-hmm. Because that was something I had never even considered that I might be able to do. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it... The the statistics are nowadays that more single women buy apartments than, yes. than single men. Yeah. So women are figuring something out. We are figuring things out. Yeah. Some a lot of women are getting good jobs. Yeah. And, and they're finding a career or something that does make them money. But and I'm then, saying like growing up for oh, us, yeah. like it, it, the whole career path really, it was kind of like uns. Nobody really talked about. Yeah, I, I just gonna get married to a wealthy man. Everyone mm-hmm. went to college for something. Some got their MRS degree. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it wasn't like I can't wait to get married to whoever. They were yeah. just kind of like, yeah, I'm going to get a job. But they were secretly thinking, I'm going to get married. I'm, I'm going to get a job while and while I'm single and have a fun single life. But then I'm going to get married mm-hmm. because financially, for those women, that makes sense. Yeah, I think they they probably were right in thinking that. The kind of jobs that would give them the money to be independently wealthy, or at least match their husbands. Um, Match their husband's salary, probably not worth it for them mm-hmm. if they existed. Yeah. So I think for a lot, like I remember in my 20s, people would be like, oh, I want to make that. Some of my friends trying to get into corporate. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. Like, yeah. I don't want to be forced to work in that environment just to get that uh-huh. kind of money. Yeah. And I think a lot of women make that choice. You don't want to be in that environment. And so you kind of forego the money. Yes. And then the professions that we go into, because their female professions are devalued and you're paid less. You're paid less. And yeah, and if you are perceived as um, being a little more powerful in business and making money, there is an kind of like a... Um, well, you're not going to get married. There is an <laughs> like, also you kind know. of an, um, uh, like a, a climate of hostility. A lot of the men... Oh, yeah. Your, your day-to-day life at the office is not... is You're under like this subtle yeah, attack that's what I time. mean. Yeah. Who wants to... Um, because a lot of people in my family, the hope for our next, the, our generation was like, oh, you guys, we're all in government. You guys are going to go into the corporate, into private. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why? So I can get, you know, called an N and a B every day? Yeah. Like, I don't want to live like that. Right. I don't want to be losing my hair. Unless you know? you're a secretary or yeah. some kind of assistant, then that's the position they want to see you in and they're nice But you. you can make that same money working in, a, in an environment that's less toxic. Yeah. 
Like you could make that's where that's where teaching comes in yeah. for a lot of people or education in general is that you can work in an environment that's friendlier to you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and make the same you know make the same money you would as maybe as like a top secretary yeah at like a law firm or some corporate entity where every day you're getting subjected to the kind of assholes who work in that in those professions yeah you know oh, interesting so I have some tips here. Mm-hmm. For how to save, you know, save money. That's always the thing. I always find these fascinating. It's predicated on the fact that you have money to save. Yes. Okay. okay. Uh-huh. For, number one, what your grandmother said, and what I was actually the first Sue Zorman thing I remember was pay yourself first. A self-made millionaire, he did it himself, David Bach, uh, said people still don't grasp the fact that they need to save a dime out of every dollar. So yeah. put away ten percent. Yep. Um. And I think that's a worthy a worthy goal, but it's very difficult for people because what are you saving for? Yeah, because that becomes the thing. Is it like, is it something in 10 years? Is it retirement? Yeah. Is this an emergency fund? And then you, when there's a need, suddenly you're like, should, should I use it? Should this? I use yeah. it? So the, the thing is, is that I think our culture is poorly organized because the idea that the moment you start working, you you have to start saving, and you're saving so that you can die at the same like meager level that you've been. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's the, that's why it's hard for people. They're like, I'm sa-, and I always say, what I'm saving for a nicer coffin, <laughs> probably thinner because I've been eating less because I've been yeah. saving money, but a coffin, like, yeah. um, and also because we live so long now so we're living to 100 years so you start working at what 20 mm-hmm. and then when do you stop so you start working at 20 years old and you're gonna die in 80 years so you're gonna work for 40 years yeah uh and then you stop at 60 you have another 40 years you can't yeah, you save can. enough money to live 40 years without working exactly so what are you gonna live you're gonna work until you're 80 why bother yeah um also poor people don't live that long so they said the, the average American who's saving money is saving just 15 minutes a day of their income when they should be saving an hour. So people are putting money away, but it's not, it's not enough. Um, the Federal Reserve mm, revealed that half of Americans wouldn't have enough money on hand to cover a $400 emergency, to which I say just print more yeah. and give it to them. Yet he continued, millions of those people who will buy a coffee at Starbucks and expect to buy $800 iPhone next year. So this is always the setup, right? So they want everybody to, our economy runs on consumption, Mm -hmm. but they want everybody to stop buying things and put money away to to do what? Presumably, a lot of people are making money off of this iPhone. Mm -hmm. Like the guy who sells it, the guy who has a store, Mm -hmm. like, you know, the, the plans. So they're saying, you know, Put the money away, basically. Put 10% of your money away. Number two, beware of lifestyle creep. Um, There's a lot of pressure in your 20s and 30s to keep up with your friends, maybe a nicer car, a house, but if you're not in a financial position to do it, don't. So they're saying live below your means. Again, and I I think these are all good things, Mm -hmm. but we live in a world where there's so little joy. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like yeah. so, then then you're gonna have people starting to question like, why am I even working? And I'm I'm when you're 20 years old, you're not thinking I'm working so that I can retire at 67. And then what are you going to do at 67? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think people are gonna euthanize themselves personally because I think that people are gonna start outliving their money. 
and they're going to be 85, 90 years old and be like, huh? Yeah. Whatever, like... So I ate the kale. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, <laughs> I, and I, now, didn't, I didn't get the iPhone. Yeah. And now I'm in an old folks home, like on the edge of society. Uh, uh, take advantage of the um, employer-sponsored 401k. Oh, if only. <laughs> Freelancers. Yeah. Um, invest in the stock market. Uh, just don't try to time it. Okay. Right, right. Which timing is everything, though, right? Yeah. In the market. Yeah. But they're saying play the long game and just keep it all in there. And they're saying, you know, you know who played the long game? Our parents' generation played the long game and got wiped out at Enron. Yeah. Um, and now they're back out there. Yeah. Like, working again. Build an emergency fund. It says, let's face it, it's not a matter of if you'll need to fork over cash for home repair, child expense, or medical emergency, but when. Yeah. Um, and they're say- they used to say that you need three months. Now mm-hmm. they're saying three to nine months yeah. of an emergency fund. Yeah, I was always settled at eight. I think, like a six to eight. But I, I feel like for a lot, and I try to, yeah, I have something like that, six to six to 12. If mm-hmm. But um, when emergencies do happen, I see people getting wiped out anyway. Yeah. So it's like... I don't, because everything's so expensive. Not only that, what happens sometimes, it's like, you can't just save for one emergency. Mm-hmm. Because... Well, he meant, they mentioned here, home repair, child expense, medical emergency. Yeah, but they're thinking, oh, you're thinking one at, one, a, time. One at a time. It doesn't happen. You know what? Sometimes, it, when it rains, it pours. Yeah. I tell you, like... One thing causes another sometimes, too. Yeah, or it's just this big convergence mm-hmm. of, of a couple of things that yep. happen. I can remember when I I was let go from a job, something else, I got this other huge bill, everything like broke in yeah. my house. It, it, all at once. All at once. Yeah. And I was just like, what the hell? And another surprise bill. It like so many surprises happen and it can all happen at once and you may not be ready for it. I feel so like you have too, to plan for a couple of emergencies. When you have that uh, child, uh, and we're going back to our single parent, uh-huh. uh, her car breaks down. Then she falls behind on her rent or a boiler breaks. Her child gets ill. Mm-hmm. She gets ill. Yeah. Because she's not taking care of herself. Now you have four emergencies. Like, come on. She, her car is broke. She can't get to work. Now yeah. Yeah, she's laid off. It's yeah. like, okay, so she's saved up a lot of money, and maybe she can spend her six to nine months, but it's not enough, and then what? It's kind. I think a lot of people are thinking, like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Like, if I can't save enough for to cover an emergency, why should I save that money at all? Mm-hmm. If I'm, you know, so uh, why am I foregoing things if I'm just going to go into debt later anyway? Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes because I've been in debt, I know most of us have been in yeah, debt. Yeah, yeah. Once you get at a certain level, you're like, I don't give an f. Yeah. Like once you're down a certain amount, you're like, keep going. Good yeah. luck. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> like I, I don't even know why you guys gave me this money. I don't have any assets. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's like when I was applying to college and people were like, isn't, like, oh, why are you applying to such expensive colleges? I said, like, because I don't have any money at all. Yeah. I can't go to community college. Yeah. Like, what might difference as well. does it make? Yeah, yeah might yeah. as well shoot for this guy. Um, here's another one. Pay off your credit card balance in full every month. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, don't, <laughs> why not? Yeah. Don't sit on too much savings. Like that, they just tell you to save. Now but, they're like, "Don't sit on it." But who, I don't know anyone who's like, "Yeah, man, I got like a couple hundred G's saved up. What a mistake!" Yeah, <laughs> I should. I, like, I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah, I shouldn't have done that. But I do know people who paid off their mortgages right away, mm-hmm. and that was dumb. That they should have kept. They should have kept that money for something else. Yeah. Because then an emergency happened. They're like, "Well, I own my home outright, but uh, the boiler broke. And I got nothing." Yeah. <laughs> Like, I got nothing for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes I feel like debt is a good thing. 
Yeah. Um, they say have more than one credit card. Okay. I mean, really? You have to tell people that. Pay off high interest debt first. Um, and always always be insured. This is another difficult one for people. Mm-hmm. Always be insured. Um, and track your spending. Have you ever done this before? Track your spending? Yes. I hate it. Yeah, it's not fun. I'm always like, wow, I am single-handedly keeping the bar and restaurant industry afloat. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> if but if we don't, yeah. now what? Yeah. Because we've, we've done bar and restaurant work before. You know, people eat off of that. Yeah, yeah. I was saying to Greg the other night, when you eat out, you feed everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when you go out, yeah. you that money you're, gets. You're, you're you know. doing your duty, yeah, to making your community a better place. So if yeah. everybody did this, all of this stuff, our economy would collapse. Yeah, pretty much so. So it's like well, the answer is print more money. Print more or money. You can. It, we are modern. We are what is it? Modern monetary theorists. Yes. We just say print more money. Hey, print hikey bucks. Print we'll, hikey, we'll discount right? a hikey buck. Yeah. Half off. Yeah. Or you can try one of these weird ways to make money. Okay. First of all, um, you can sell jellyfish. No, you can't. Where? Who? Who? Is, where are you getting jellyfish from? I don't know. Uh, there is, <laughs> I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need a little more than that. There's a, jellyfish may not be the cuddliest pets, but there is a market for them, and they're not cheap. And there is. <laughs> Yeah, in fact, the least expensive kit on jellyfishart.com costs $330. And for that, the customer gets one jellyfish, a small tank, and enough food to last three months. What other aquatic life can you sell? I'm sorry. So people go to the ocean, pick themselves up some jellyfish, get buy a bunch of tanks and food. And then then they sell that as a package. I love jellyfish. I think they're beautiful and amazing. I don't know how I feel about selling them or having it in my... Like, yes. I, I see it in a museum. So, but see what I mean? You can pluck something from the ocean yeah. and then sell it. All right. So how about you can also communicate with dead pets. If you are a psychic okay. and can go across the other side, people always want to know how their pets are doing. Or if you're an improver. Yeah. <laughs> people want to know what their pets say. He's got a bone. Fluffy has a bone, yeah. and he says it's all right yes. to grieve. Am I, am I getting paid for this now? Win cash as a professional eater. So it's a, oh, it's a sport. Yes, you, I can, you can win money, sure. you know, hot dogs or 50 eggs or whatever you're going to do. What do we do? It's like shots. Shots, probably. Oyster shooters, I do that professionally. Uh, I could do French fries. French fries? Yeah. There's already, I think there's already people doing that. I think you'd have to really, right. you know... Well, practice. But you can also um, make money losing weight with a with a with a little site called Healthy Wage. Okay. Yes, Healthy Wage. You, so you put a bet on yourself, and if you lose the amount of weight in a certain amount of time, you win money. But you're limited to how much weight you can lose before you just you know. Yeah. <laughs> before it's too much weight. Right. Um, there's you can paint dumpsters. Okay. So there's industrial and like uh, and artistic. You can in Maryland. You show up on. <laughs> it's artistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can have this service and you can go and paint um, companies dumpsters. Okay. Make them nicer looking. Um, you can also review sensitive content from Google. Ooga. Yes. Yeah, you're going to be looking at, like, dead bodies all day, though. Yeah, somebody has to check out questionable YouTube videos. Mm. And one man who... I don't like feet. Get him off. Yeah. He had to watch these sensitive content videos, which included pornography, suicide, and bestiality. 
Ew. Yeah, he How worked, much did he get paid for that? I don't know. But he worked alone and he, he eventually needed therapy. Right. After a year as a contractor for Google, he had Google. He had to either be let go or hired full time. They let him go, of course, and suggested he get further therapy. Doesn't this sound a like Clockwork Orange? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I don't know. Uh, or you could be a lice removal technician. No, thank you. I've already worked in public schools. Thirty dollars per hour plus travel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's a place hey, I got a couple of heads I got to do across town I'll see you guys later yeah, yeah it's it's uh, Lice Doctors and you're mm-hmm. an independent contractor and you're yeah and they you go out and you um, get rid of that um, get paid to wear t-shirts mm-hmm. you can make money wearing promotional t-shirts for this clients. is the hobo advertising yeah <laughs> yeah when they uh, put a destitute person in like a Pepsi shirt yeah <laughs> something like that yeah yeah, he's there's one guy who worked with over 1600 companies and organizations. That's a lot of shirts. I know. <laughs> well, it's actually a, his company. Oh, okay. It's not just him. <laughs> oh, he's exhausted he's putting like, shirts I can't on and off. Put another day. shirt on. Um, you can trade your way to riches. There is a guy from Montreal named Kyle McDonald who turned a paperclip into a house. Oh, I've heard about this trades. guy. Yeah. So the basic idea is keep trading up for something of more value. Mm-hmm. So he traded his red paper clip for a fish-shaped pen, which he traded for a fancy doorknob. How long he, did this take? He traded for a camping stove and so on. And swallowed a fly. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So that's not a bad idea. He it's traded up for a house? So all we need is a paper clip. Yeah. And you start trading. Okay. And take that thing and keep trading up. And keep going. Amazing. All right. Well, that's money. Good luck. Thank you for listening to Hey You Know It. Stay in touch with us during the week. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Tumblr. Go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on an upcoming show regardless of content. As always, we love your emails. Send us an email at heyyouknowit at gmail.com with your comments, questions, and segment ideas. Emails will also be read on upcoming shows. Please tell your friends about us because you know we don't advertise. And let them know we can be found on iTunes at stitcher.com and at heyyouknowit.com. Thanks. Or you can get paid for your sperm. Well, that's going to be hard for me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Can I get paid for someone else's sperm? How about this? You can get paid. (laughs) Do they need to know where it came from? I guess. They do. Don't ask questions. Yeah. Yeah.